Praise the Lord. Amen. Let us continue our worship in the Word of God. John chapter 6. We're going to be reading from verses 22 through 40. John 6, 22 through 40. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one who has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe And all those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Amen. Amen. What a powerful passage today. We have been studying seven sayings of I am of Jesus in the book of John as we want to know what Jesus has to say about his own identity. Surely, seven sayings of I am teaches us the identity of Jesus Christ. Uh, it helps us to understand clearly who Jesus is, and as we learn more of Jesus, hopefully we will learn to love and follow him and to do effective gospel witnessing. You might say, what is the big deal about I am statement? Well, if you remember how Jesus revealed his divinity in John chapter 8, verse 58, saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am. Well, you might say, what's the big deal about this phrase, I am? Well, throughout the book of John, we can clearly learn that the I am in Exodus was now physically standing in front of people ready to be their shepherd, ready to be their door to the Father, their life, their vine, their light, and the bread of life and the truth. In the Exodus, if you remember, when God first appeared to Moses and revealed himself, he says, I am that I am. That phrase, I am, Jesus is using here and said, I am that I am. Jesus is saying he is, as a matter of fact, God himself. 
And so far, we, looked, we have looked into, I am the light of the world, meaning Jesus shines the truth of our God and reveals, uh, reveals to us about God. Why? Because he is the representation of God. I am the gate. Jesus leads us to the kingdom of God. Only through Jesus will be able to go into the kingdom of God. I'm the good shepherd. Jesus is the only one who can guide us as God's people, especially in times like this when things are chaotic and difficult. And he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, meaning Jesus is the way to the Father. He is the only way to the Father. Why? Because he is the truth and he is the life. And we've been talking about that. Today, here comes another one. I am that I am, especially he's describing another characteristics of, of God, him being God. I am the bread of life. In order for us to understand this, I think first let me provide you with the context of chapter 6. The day before in verses 1 through 15, Jesus has crossed the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee and performed one of the powerful miracles. You know what that is? Feeding over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. It was a sign that pointed to himself as the bread of life. That's why he continues to describe himself. I am the bread of life. Verse 35, whoever comes to me shall not go hungry. Verse 41, I am the bread that came down from heaven, just like God was providing the manna in the Exodus, that I, am, I came down from God, and I'm here. I am, the, I am the bread. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Verse 55, even though we didn't read this, he says, my flesh is true food, true bread. So continuously, the Jesus is saying in describing his deity with this analogy, I am the bread of life. The bread is not just something that you will fill your stomach, but it's more so the necessity for survival. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, meaning he is the necessity of our life for our daily survival. It's not just one time we take Jesus and that's it. No, we need Jesus every single day. Just like manna was given to the Israelites in the Exodus every single morning, Jesus saying, I am that bread of life and I'm available to you every single day and you need me. I am the necessity of your survival in this world. And that is what Jesus is saying. And that is the background of what is going on here. And that's exactly what the miracles of the loaves and fishes were, fish were pointing to. Jesus wanted people to see not mere bread that, that Jesus was giving them to eat, but the true bread of life himself. He wanted people to see who Jesus was. So he was also pointing the very... Uh, specifically to the fact that the Jesus will always be there for the disciples to take care of their, their needs personally. Meaning he shows this by seeing to it that the 12 baskets, of, uh, baskets full are left over. Meaning Jesus is going to continue to provide people of God and especially those who are doing the ministry of God, Jesus is going to continue to provide it. And that is exactly what the miracle of the five loaves and two fish is pointing to. Publicly, he was saying, I am the bread of heaven. Just like God sent you manna in the wilderness in the Old Testament in Exodus time to sustain your life, he has sent me into the world now to give life. But this time, it's not just daily physical life that God is sustaining you. I'm here to give you the eternal life. And personally, he is saying to the apostles, serve me faithfully and you will never lack what you need. My brothers and sisters, as you are trying to do the gospel witnessing in your life, as you seek God first and his righteousness, as you do your best to do God's calling, I'll tell you, my brothers and sisters, Jesus shall provide all the things that you need to accomplish what God has given you to do. Amen. That's why we should not give up. I know times are tough, difficult, even in this country. 
Things are very chaotic, hard to witness to the people. People won't listen anymore. People really want to depend on the materials. People want to depend on government and some other things than God. How do we witness Christ to these people? Well, don't give up. God will continue to provide your personal needs as you are faithfully seeking God and His righteousness. Amen. Interestingly, if you see this here, the passage, the people didn't see the sign that way. I mean, they missed it. They wanted, they wanted to make Jesus king, if you remember, after the miracles of the five loaves and two fish. That's why Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. And later that evening, the disciples get in a boat and head for Capernaum on the west side of the sea, leaving Jesus behind. And people see them go, but they don't know where Jesus was. And when a great wind, if you remember, that threatens the disciples on the Sea of Galilee about three miles out to the lake, well, Jesus come, came to them walking on water. You see another great miracle of Jesus. They were frightened, we know, but he identified himself and they joyfully took him into the boat. Again, Jesus proving himself to be the bread of life. He's proving himself to be God, that he was sent by God. And in the morning, again, going back to the context, the crowd can find Jesus. And so according to verse 24, if you look at it, they crossed the sea to Capernaum looking for Jesus because Jesus just fed them. 5,000 people, they say 5,000 people, that's your, they're only accounting the 5,000 grown-ups. So if you're counting all the kids that, that they were there, all other people provided, the scholars are saying maybe it's about 10,000 to 12,000 people. That's a lot of people Jesus literally fed with five loaves and two fish. So people were excited to find Jesus, and they wanted to see Jesus, and they did finally find him in synagogue teaching. And we know that because of the verse 59, Jesus said to these things in the synagogue, he taught in the Capernaum. So Jesus was continuing with his ministry. He did not want to do that, nothing to do with the people trying to make him a king because he can just do some kind of miracles to feed the five and 10,000 people. But interestingly, when they found Jesus, they were saying, Jesus, where were you? Where, why, when did you come here? They were perplexed at how, at how he had been left behind by the disciples, yet they managed to get across the sea. By the way, that night, Jesus actually walked on the water. We know that as you read chap this chapter. But Jesus does not see their question as a hopeful sign. He's very blunt and critical, Right? He answered them in verse 26. What did he say? He said, I say to you truly, you are seeking me not because you saw signs and you believe in miracles, but you ate of the loaves and had your fill. What does it mean? It means that when Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves and a few fish, it was a sign that Jesus is the bread of life, that Jesus is the necessity of our life. He is God himself. He is the one who comes to save us. But the people did not realize that point of the signs. They just wanted to be filled their stomach. That's what they wanted. They just wanted to have something. Do you have any goodies for us? They want somebody to feed them. By the way, during the time, eating every meal was a very difficult thing to do in the ancient time. There's a scarcity of food. Nowadays, we might not understand in our culture because we have so much food abundantly provided for us, but during the time, eating a meal was a very difficult thing to do, especially in that setting. So they were excited that Jesus was doing all kinds of miracles, but they forgot the point. They missed the point of doing that kind of miracle, providing the food. He was not there to just providing the food, but he was there to show that he is God himself. But the people wanted Jesus to continue to give them what they need, what they wanted. Well, what a shallow view on Jesus. But my, my brothers and sisters, some people today are just like these people, even amongst Christians. Some view Jesus as someone who will give them mere gifts and feeling their needs. That's why they say, bless me, Lord, 
That's all I ever hear in the church. Bless me, Lord, with prosperity. Give me money, Lord. Provide me. What they did was fixated upon what? The product of miracle rather than the person of the miracle. That's what they want to see, miracles. That they want to see the product of the miracle. I want to be fed. I want to receive something from this. Rather than seeing Jesus is God himself, the bread of life, providing all our needs for our survival, for our life. So signs cease to be a sign for them anymore. And Jesus said, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. They were excited about the bread as, they, as their treasure, but they missed not Christ. They were not excited about Christ himself as their treasure. They were focusing on the gifts, not the giver himself. My brothers and sisters, I tell you, this is a warning to all of us. If we just focus on our own flesh and fleshly desires, we will never get to the point, get the point or signs of who Jesus is. We'll miss that too. Even as Christians, if you are living according to flesh, what feels good, according to what feels good, according to how easy it is, instead of what is right, you will miss out the person of Jesus Christ. You can be coming to church, you can be praying every single day, but if you just live according to your own flesh demands, what feels good, what it, it, what is easy instead of what is right and what Jesus says will miss out the point of Jesus and you will miss out the purpose of your own very life you will miss out the true meaning of Christian life when you focus on the pleasure of your flesh and you will miss out the treasure of your heart no wonder Jesus said deny yourself if you want to follow me deny yourself daily Take up your cross and follow me. Are we denying ourselves or are we just trying to fulfill our own satisfaction? I want to be satisfied. I want to receive. I want to do this. I want to, I want to feel good. I want to receive something from God. I want to be provided all the time. Is that the focus that you are coming to Christ? Those are only the benefits that comes as we draw near to the person of Jesus. We come to Christ because He's God, because He first loved us. We come to Christ because He is life, the truth. He is the way to the Father. We come to Christ because He's our God. And when we come to Him, when we decide to seek Him and, and, and seek His person, and we have that relationship with Him, the personal relationship, the intimacy with Him, just like a family, right? When you have that relationship, guess what? He shall provide all the needs that you can even think of. May we never focus on what feels good, what we need so much, but focus on what is right. Focus on the Word of God. Focus on God, not on ourselves, not on our flesh, not on our own desire so much. Focusing on faith, believing Him, not living by flesh every day. Amen? Because we can miss the point of Jesus being with us. Jesus is not here to be a genie in a bottle. Jesus is here to really to save us guides us to be with us as our God and Lord that he leads us to the path of life. That is why Jesus is with us, not just to feel our needs, feel our fleshly desires. That is not why Jesus is here with us. Amen. Now, to those who are so shallow in result, missing the bread of life, Jesus himself, she said in verse 27, you see, you missed the point. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, 
which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Again, he's focusing on the person of Christ again, right? Don't work for the food that will perish, food that will last forever. Focus on the one who can give you that bread. Focus on that one who the Father God has placed his seal of approval, meaning focus on him, the person of Jesus. But what does it mean that we should labor for the work, for the food that endures to eternal life? What does it mean that, that we should not work for the bread that perishes? Especially we are, in Labor Day weekend, as we are thinking about labor, let's think about these things. As he is the bread of life, how can we work for the food that endures eternity? Not working for the food that will perish. So let's look at this clause at one at a time. Okay, on him the God, Father, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Do not work for the food that spoils, but the food that endures eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. First, let's talk about this, the Father's seal on Jesus. What does it mean? First, if you look at on him, on Christ, on the Son of Man, the God the Father has set his seal. I think it means ultimately that the Jesus bears the mark of God. Because he is God. He's the representation of God. But more directly, it's probably saying that God has authorized his son as the son of man to be the mediator or to be the provider of the eternal life. Remember, God sent him and Jesus would give his flesh for the life of the world. Later on, he died on the cross and rose from the dead. He shed his blood, broken, his, his body is broken. It's what? He's, Jesus is giving himself to the world for the salvation in Christ Jesus. So he will rise from the dead, John 10, verse 18, and he will give life to the other people. God gave his authority to his son as the son of man. He put his divine seal and mark of authority on him. Jesus, is the, therefore, is the only way to the Father. And we talked about that when we talked about Jesus is the way. Jesus is the gate. Why? The seal of God, the God's authorizing his son as the Son of Man, to give eternal life to those who, those who will follow him. So Jesus is saying, I am the one who can give you this food that will last forever. I'm the one who can provide the eternal life. I'm the only one, no one else. My brothers and sisters, let's get that straight. No one can give you an answer for this life. And also, especially when we're dealing with the salvation, no one can save us. We cannot save ourselves. No man in the world in the history can save us except one man, one God, Jesus Christ. Because God's seal is upon him. He is the only one who has authority to save and give eternal life. Therefore, as he died on the cross, shed his blood, broken his body, and as he rose again from the dead and resurrected, guess what? He is the only one who is worthy of our praise. He is the only one who is capable of giving us the eternal life. That's why we say this phrase all the time, Jesus is the only answer, because he's the only one. Get that straight, my brothers and sisters. There is no other way. I'm sorry. But thank God we have the way. Jesus. Amen. So that's the Father's seal on Jesus. And now, the second clause in verse 27. He said, do not work with the food that spoils, but the food that endures to eternal life. What is the food that endures to eternal life? What does it mean? I think key is founded in verse 28 in verse 29. Look at it. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God so that we can get this food that endures to eternal life, right? Now the question follows from what Jesus just said. Labor, work for the food that endures to eternal life. How? Basically, they're asking. What are those works? 
What work do we have to do? How do we work for the bread that gives eternal life? Well, he actually answers this, verse 29. This is the work of God. You want the work? You want the food that endures for eternity? You want this bread? You want this food? Hey, this is the work. This is how you work for that. That this is the kind of work that you do, please God, and get the bread that gives you life. This is the work, what? That you believe in him whom he has sent. Wow. What is he talking about? He's talking about faith in Jesus Christ. Interesting, isn't it? He did not say, oh, you need to do these kind of things. You need to do this, the seven meditations before you actually get to this work and get this food that will never perish or endures for eternity. You have to actually sustain yourself from the world, make sure you separate yourself from the world, make sure you keep yourself pure. Every day you should fast, every day you should pray, every day you should some meditation. You got to do this thing. Good works should outweigh the bad work. He did not say that. The work that he is requiring, right? Simply what? Believe, you believe in him who has sent. <laughs> Faith. So what does it mean to labor for the food that endures to eternal life? Jesus says in verse 29 that it means that you believe in Jesus as the bread that God has sent you from heaven for the life of the world. Believe in him who he has, whom he has sent. Faith is the works of God, my brothers and sisters. We live by faith, therefore not by sight. That's why when we believe in him, well, it pleases God. That's his work. That's our work. We are to believe in him, that he is the bread of life, that he's the only one who can give us the, the food that endures for eternity. <laughs> Very powerful, isn't it? Jesus is saying, believe in me. Nothing else. Believe in no other works. No other performances. No, me. Believe that I'm here for you. Believe that I'm here to give you the life. Here they are standing in front of the bread of life, Jesus Christ. The infinitely valuable, infinitely beautiful, all satisfying, the necessity for our survival, everlasting food that endures to eternal life, who gives the eternal life. Interestingly, they, they asked, what kind of works does God want us to do so that we can have the bread of life? Jesus again says, in, in essence, if you don't see the person standing in front of you for who he is, I tell you, you will never get the bread of life. If you do not if you don't, you don't need to do any works, your own works, you just need to open your heart, open your eyes, and see who I am, how great, it, great I am. Meaning, you must activate your faith to see who Jesus is. That's the work of God that requires for us so that we can have it. We must focus on Him, nothing else, the person of Christ. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name. Later on, John describes, right? In John chapter 1, verse 12, believing is what? Receiving. Believing is seeing him for the food that he is. Believing is receiving him. Believing is what? Eating him in a way. You know why we do communion? It symbolizes what? We are receiving him. We are getting him. We need him. That's why Jesus said, eat me, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Not cannibalism, not the real blood and real, real body of Christ. No. That's why we don't believe in the transubstantiation. No. But it's what? It's a symbol. It's, 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 it's a spiritual union. As we take bread, as we take wine, what? We are receiving him. We are being one with him, the spiritual unity that we have in him, and we are reminded of it. We are being spiritually being one with him. And that's a powerful thing, isn't it? That is the taking him into your soul, your life, as the all-satisfying, life-giving treasure that he is. 
That's the work of God. As we believe in Jesus Christ, everything that we do, we do it with Christ, for Christ. Together, this union, this communion, this oneness. I know it is a mystery, but that's exactly what Jesus is saying. That's exactly the food that never perishes, food that endures to eternal life. Focus on me. Believe in me. Receive me. And you and I will do it together. I will lead you, guide you. That's the Holy Spirit, the guaranteeing deposit. He's going to change you. It's not that you are going to try to do something for God to prove something. No, there's nothing to prove. There's nothing we can prove. We are just sinners. But when you believe that he has, God has sent Jesus to save me, and when you receive him and he, he enters into your life and he takes over and he becomes your Lord and Savior, guess what? He leads you. He actually teaches you day by day, just like as you have a relationship with God. That's Christianity. That's faith. It's not the action. Action follows naturally. Why? Because he teaches us in his spirit to do what is right in the sight of God. And only with Christ we can do that. Only with His power, with His enablement power, enabling power, we can do it. That's why He said, you need my Spirit. It's not optional. You need the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I'm going so that you will receive my Spirit. My brothers and sisters, that's why Holy Spirit, Jesus' Spirit is within us. That's the promise fulfilled, isn't it? That's the food that provides forever, for eternity. God is with you, then who can be against you, right? God is with you forever, never leave you nor forsake you. He will take care of you forever. That is the promise that we are living every single day. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. The food is provided for you. It never ends. Look at me. Believe me. Receive me. Focus on me. The food that endures to eternity. Powerful, isn't it? Think about this, my brothers and sisters. This is not light passage. This is very powerful passage. You know why? This, he's keep saying, I am that I am. That's the theme. And I'm, he's saying, I am the bread of life. God, who is that I am, is literally giving himself to us, I'm going to be with you. This great I am, the, the king of universe, the Lord of lords and king of kings who created this whole universe, who is the owner. He is the, his God himself. And he said, I am the bread of life. Eat me. Receive me. Believe in me. Through faith, we receive him. Through faith, we, in a way, eat him. Meaning, imagine that. The God, the great I am, that I am, is available for us. I should say, he is giving himself to us in a totally new way. In the Old Testament, there was no dwelling of the Spirit. You have to go to the temple, right? To see the presence of God, to feel the presence of God, to recognize the presence of God, you need to go a place, go to the place, but now you become that place. Now, Spirit of God is living in you. You are the temple of God. The body is the temple of God, don't you know? Therefore, you need to take care of your body. Your body is no longer yours. It's a temple of God. That's why you need to also take care of your body. That's why don't do crazy things to your body. Don't modify it right? You become holy. Wherever God is, you become a holy place. Moses said, oh, this is a holy ground because God's presence is there. If holy presence is within you, your body becomes a holy presence, holy ground for God. That means how can, as a Christian, just to modify to whatever that we feel like to our flesh? We can't anymore. These are the implications, but I'll stop. But point is, he is the one who gives the food that endures for eternity. Amen? Let's go into the food that perishes. Finally, what does, it, what does the first clause of the verse 27 mean? Do not work, labor, for the food that perishes. 
And this verse relates to verse 26. Jesus said that these people were uh, uh, expanding the significantly, the energy tracking down. They were spending so much to track him down. And, And then he did. They finally find Jesus. But Jesus said, you are seeking me. You are not seeking me. You are seeking things I'm giving you. And he said, do not labor for the food that will perish because you are seeking the food that will perish. I'm just giving you those food. Those things will perish. That's what you want? But Jesus is saying, don't labor for the ordinary human food, the physical things. But what does it mean? It does not mean don't just work for the food that will perish in your daily life. What does it mean? It does not mean that quit your job and stop working. God's going to just miraculously just continue to give you what you need to live day by day. No, we know that because the whole New Testament assumes and commands the dignity of work. If you look at Paul, says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, he says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing the honest work. By the way, some, thief, some thieves became a Christian. Paul was saying, you previously were criminals and stealing things. No longer. You need to work now as Christians. You need to work hard, right? As a matter of fact, Paul was working so hard for his own ministry, right? So, with his own hand, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So I don't think that Jesus is mean saying, quit your job. The food that you eat every single day, the bread that you eat every single day for our physical body is something that we should neglect. That's not what he's saying. I don't think he's mean that, I don't think he means that don't bring home the bread for your, from your jobs. Don't uh, take lightly about your job, right? But when he says, do not labor for the food that perishes, he does not mean that we shouldn't earn living or use it to buy the bread. No, of course not. Right? But what does it mean then? It means, what changes when you believe on him whom God has sent? What changes when you taste and discover that Jesus is your all-satisfying bread from heaven? What happens? Meaning, everything without faith is a food that will perish. It means we must to do working for the food with faith, in faith. Everything without faith is the food that will perish. Anything we do without faith without kingdom vision, without kingdom principle, is the food that will perish. No wonder Romans says, 14.23 says, everything that does not come from faith is sin. Now, whenever we work in your jobs, bringing food to your table, men or women, especially men, fathers, role of the father is to provide the family the food, Right? on the table so that you can raise your godly family. You, if you neglect that, you are worse than the infidel. As Christian men and parents, we must to do our job task to take care of our children, take care of our family. Amen? But we do this in light of faith, meaning believing that Jesus is the one who provides all the needs that we need, meaning ability to work, ability to produce wealth, ability to what? To provide our own family. Meaning your life must be revolved around faith in whom God has sent, the person, the Jesus, who can give you the true bread of life, the eternal, the food that will endures for eternity. That's what it means. It does not mean that we should quit. It means that we should work. But with that in mind, we work with this in mind that we are God's people. God is the one who is providing and we are working by faith, in faith. Amen. Everything that about your life becomes what? Faith action. Because you believe. 
That's why we don't complain when you go to work. I know our job is not satisfying for many, many people. I understand that. But for now, you might change your job. Great. If you can get a good, better job in the future, please do so. Right? But point is, wherever you are right now, instead of complaining, we should be thank- thankful and we should be what? Working. But that's why Paul said, when you work for your employer, don't think that you're working for them per se. We have the attitude of what? Working for God. Right? Why? It concerns faith. Ultimately, we are actually working by faith, in faith, for faith. But without that, anything that you do becomes the food that will perish. But anything by faith when you do, even the mere things working in your workplace, lay any laboring, taking care of your kids at home, or, or even cleaning the house and taking care of your own homes and houses. It becomes an act of worship. It comes what? Working for the food that will never perish, the food that will endure to, for eternity. That is what he is meaning meant by that. Anything that is not doing it by faith is the food that will perish. Are we clear? That means when we do everything by faith, that Jesus is the one who is our God and Savior. He's the one that we are working for. He is the one we are living for. Everything that you do, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, what? You do it for the glory of God. It becomes an act of worship. My brothers and sisters, as a Christian man, as a Christian woman, as a Christian parents, as a Christian employees, when we do it by faith, everything becomes an act of worship. Amen. Even coming to church today, joining us today, what is it? Just an, if you just think about it, it's an action. We come here every Sunday, right? We, 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 we sing some songs and we listen to the passage and we meditate, we study, we take notes and we go home and we try to apply. Yeah, if you just look at that realm, that level, just the action, I'll tell you, it just nothing. But if you see through the eyes of faith, why? Because we believe. Believe in what? Believe in the whom the God has sent. Believe in the one who can provide who, the food that what? Endures for eternity. You have the mindset. All my life, every single day then, it's not just mundane routine that I'm living I'm not just living day by day, trying to get by every day, trying to get money so that I can live an American dream. No, we live by day for God to come and to work for the kingdom of God. We as a Christians waiting for God at the same time do the gospel witnessing. Therefore, we do work. Therefore, we do make produce wealth and we use it for not only for ourselves, for the advancement of the kingdom of God. You raise your children. It's not just your children. It's actually God's children. You do everything by faith. It becomes an act of worship. You are producing the food that will endure. But everything outside of faith, you are producing the food that will perish. American dream, therefore, I'm sorry to say, is a food that will perish, isn't it? You're working for the American dream. Working for the nice house in the North Shore. I will have a good house and my kids. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it. But if that's your goal in life, that's your American dream goal, well, it's a food that will perish. Why? Because it's outside of faith. But why do we raise our kids in a good environment? Because we want to serve and raise a godly family. We transfer our, our faith to the people around us, wherever we are. We live our lives being successful even in our works, even in the marketplace, wherever we are, for the glory of God, as God's people, worshiping Him, doing gospel witnessing. All that, by faith we do it, it becomes a food that will never perish. 
So what's the difference at the end? Faith, isn't it? Right? Do you have faith in the Lord? But reality is hard, isn't it? It's hard to work for the food that endures to eternity. Sometimes it's hard to live by faith, not by sight. As a matter of fact, when people are listening to Jesus, if you actually read verse 60, it says, this is a hard teaching. (laughs) Who can accept this? You kidding me? When you focus on your flesh instead of faith, it's going to be hard to believe. You kidding me? Do away with the American dreams? You're telling me that's a bad thing? I did not say it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, are you doing it by faith in Christ? You're having a different perspective, different root of doing things, different origin, different motivation. You are being governed, governed by the Spirit of God, living for Him every day wherever you are. That's the difference. But people who do not understand that, people who do not believe that in Jesus Christ, it's going to be very hard. It's impossible for them to believe. You kidding me? Everything you do by faith? Faith in what? Faith in Christ Jesus. Really? This is hard teaching. And everyone left. Literally everyone left. Those people were following him because of the five loaves and two fish, all the miracles and all that craziness, right? People were so excited, even searching for him. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? And they followed him around and tried to get that. And then Jesus is now teaching this teaching. Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. May, May I be the Lord and Savior in your life. Follow me. You work for the food that will never perish. You work for the food that will endure to uh, to eternity, meaning you believe in me. Work for me. Work with me. Live for me, me alone, and live as a worship. Live your life as a worship. Kidding me? It's a hard teaching. Everybody started to leave. Literally, everyone left. Interestingly, Jesus said, when everybody was leaving Jesus, it's hard teaching. He turned to the disciples. What about you? You going to go? Also, you going to go too? And disciples said, where can we go? You are the great I am. You are the son of God. You have the truth. Where should I go? Or where should we go? What about you, my brothers and sisters? The gospel message is not going to be popular anymore. It's going to be hard and hard. And we are living in the end times. We're going to be doing that end time gospel series soon. It's going to be people will not like Christian message. He will not like Jesus' message. It's already happening, isn't it, in our society, in our politics. In our societal views, Christian values, Christian principles are literally persecuted, rejected. What do we do? Are you going to leave him too? Oh, it is hard, hard to be a Christian. It is so easy for us to live by flesh, even as Christians. That's why we try to find our own way. But the Bible says we should stop living like that. We should start living by faith. But there is an assurance for those who seek the food that endures through faith. Look at verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive that way. When you come to him, he will never drive you away, he says. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believe in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. What a powerful statement, isn't it? Promise. I will be with you. Yes, the people will reject you. Yes, people will persecute you. Yes, it's going to be hard for you to live by faith and work for the food that endures to eternity. It's going to be so easy for you to fall into the temptation of working for the flesh, the food that will perish. But if you 
stick with me. If you stay with me, if you believe in me, if you focus on me, I will give you eternal life. I will raise you up at the last day. I'll be with you forever. When everybody leaves you, forsakes you, I shall never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be with you, and I will give you rewards in heaven. And not only rewards in heaven, I will give you the privilege of experiencing my power, my sufficient power, my abundant power, overwhelming power every single day for you to experience. I will be the bread of life for you. Amen. That is the promise. That is what Jesus is saying. Now, would you leave him too? Wow, teachings are hard. You kidding me? We have to take the Bible as the final authority, no matter what the society, no matter what the people say. We need to keep our faith, really? We need to work for the food that will never perish by faith. Would you leave Christ? Because it's hard. But at the end, yes, it seems hard, but it's possible because if you believe in Jesus and activate your faith in Him, He will give you power to do so. He will provide even the power to sustain your faith. He will even give you power to believe even more every day. He will, he will be the bread of life for us every single day. I pray that we will experience that as you not give up on Christ because He will never give up on you. That you will hold on to Him, being faithful to Him until the very end. Why? Because He is the bread of life. And as a church, we've been trying to be faithful. Let us continue to be faithful. Let us continue to work for the kingdom of God by faith. Let us live our daily lives by faith every day for Him and through Him and by Him and in Him. And your life will be a great witness. Your life will be a great witness to the world that we are God's people. Let us work for Him, labor for Him. Our labor is not in vain. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Let's pray.